Hello, everybody, and welcome to another uh, broadcast of the One Word Podcast. I am here with you, your host, Pastor Iron Petrie, and look who I brought <laughs> with me today. What? <laughs> Hello. I'm telling I had to drag you out. I, I was so tough. I was just pull her out of the... No, so not much. at all. Not so at all. Much. But she was excited to to be with me today. And I'm so happy to have my wife with me, Star Petrie, on this particular podcast. Listen, if you are a member of Christ Nation Church, you're part of our family, and uh, you are listening to this podcast, I'm going to tell you right now to go ahead and share this with somebody you love, somebody that you believe could stand to hear the Word of God, to have a kind of a, a midday pick-me-up, uh, because I believe that this Word is really for maybe, uh, you know, a lot of times we as preachers, we say, I got a Word for you, and there's a Word for somebody, and so forth and so on, and sometimes we can do that, and we can embellish a little more than than what is meat, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, I am going to say that uh, in full confidence that I'm obeying the Holy Spirit, that this Word is for you. Uh, and I believe it will be for anybody that chooses to push uh, play and decide to watch either now or later. Mm -hmm. So share this with your family, your friends, tag somebody, let them know that we're live. And um, I think this is going to be a real blessing for you. Well, sweetheart, is there anything you want to say before we get no, started? No, I'm just to excited to have gotten an invite. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got an invite. I was people, like, what? people treat me like I'm just kind of hoarding what? the set. I'm no, not hoarding the set. I'm no. not a hoarder. I'm no, not you're not. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a giver. Not. But you've warmed it up. You definitely have done yeah, that. Well, I appreciate that. But sure. I, I, I've been wanting you to be on with me for a while, and I'm so thankful you're able to be with me because we've been talking about some things in our own private time that uh, I think are very much conversations that need to be brought to this table and brought to light um, to be a benefit and an encouragement to the people of God because I believe, honestly, in this time and hour in which we're living, God's will— for your life, it's always the utmost importance, but as it pertains to the present hour, the present, as the scripture says, when Paul was writing the present distress, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? The present issues and circumstances that we're in now as a society, both not only here in America, but around the world, you would have to be sleeping to not know that we're living in the last days. You you would have to oh, be absolutely. you'd actually have to be living in reverse. You'd have to be backing up in some kind of way <laughs> because <laughs> because we are yeah. we are there, we are here. And because we are here, it's important that we understand the will of God for our lives and begin to move toward his will, whatever that is, however um, uncomfortable it is, hmm. however disconcerting it might be finding and agreeing with and getting in the will of God for your life is of utmost importance. Don't Amen. you think so? Oh, absolutely. Man. Without question. So I want to read this verse of scripture here for you. And this is going to be really the only verse that we bring out today. Uh, this verse is uh, one that I feel like sets the tone for what we're going to talk about and what we're going to share in this particular uh, uh, podcast. And it's found in Ephesians chapter five, verse number 14 through 17. And let this word here be a foundation for your meditation for the next couple of days. Let this, let this, uh, as they say, marinate. Let this sit in your heart and really ponder it. Um, because this is Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, and he says, Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep. This is out of the New King James, in case it reads a little different when you read it in your, your different versions. He says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, 
but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Hmm. And that last verse, man, I'm telling you, that last verse speaks rhema to my spirit, to my soul, to my heart. It really does. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Paul here is admonishing Ephesus that given the time, given the days that are evil, given where they were, and and, and here Paul is writing this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, My God, thousands of years ago now. Maybe a good 2,000 years or so ago. And here this man is writing this, and he's talking about urgency. Mm -hmm. He says it again to the church at Rome in Romans 13 and 11, and he talks about that it's high time that we awake out of sleep because our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Now, if Paul is pinning this with urgency, how much more urgency should we have? Amen. I mean, our salvation is much, much, much closer. And when we're talking about salvation, we're talking about the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about the folding up of man's time here on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Paul is saying, in this time, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Amen. That's understanding what God's will is for your life individually. That's understanding what God's will is for anything, whatever God's will is concerning you, it is time for us to really focus on what is his will, not what I want, not what I'd like to do, not (laughs) self-exploration, not not personal um, agendas and drive and and ambition, so to speak, but what is God's will for my life? Because it is the one thing, it is really the only thing that provides you with a sense of protection for the times that we're living in, right? And so we've been talking about this in our own conversations, and I want to know just from you, and I want you to to add to it what it is you believe that the Spirit of God has really spoken to your heart during this time concerning the importance of His will. Well, you know, I love this this last verse just like you do, because I think Paul makes it very clear mm. that wisdom is the will of God. Mm. So no matter what else we apply our, our minds to consume or to take in, the knowledge that we might, um, you know, gain from magazines or encyclopedias or anything else, yeah. websites, none of that matters. That's not wisdom. Um, it just might be a little information, but it's not wisdom. Wisdom is the will and purpose and plan of God. And so I think, you know, more so than anything, this entire season here has been, at least for me personally, been one of, okay, I'm going to do what he wants me to do. And I'm going to go all out about it. And I'm going to set aside some of those things that I had made principle. And some of those things that I had said, well, if I could just really apply myself in this area and give my time to this area, um, I could find success doing this, that, or the other. But instead saying, no, I really want to be able to stand before him and have no shame (laughs) and no concern that what I've done these last however many years it may be um, was for his glory and exactly what he wanted me to do. So I think, but I I, prayerfully everybody is feeling that because I think the Holy Spirit is drawing us back. There is an urgency to him. 
There is he an really urgency. Is. There's an unmistakable urgency. Yeah. Yeah, were you I'll down? I didn't that. mean to cut no, you off. No, no. I was really no, no, hating no. you yeah, on that because it's, it's so true. There's an absolute urgency in the spirit, yeah. and there's an absolute urgency for God's children concerning his will for their life. I want to go back to something you talked about a couple of weeks ago when you were speaking at the church, and, uh, and you were talking about God's plan, our purpose. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, I'm, I may have told you this, but but while I was sitting on the front row, you were ministering in, out of the parable of the talents. Yeah. And man, it was such a blessing. Uh, and this, this has to be brought out, and this is so important to understand. Uh, while you were talking about the parable of the talents, and you were talking about them bringing uh, you know, what, they, what God had given them, and you brought this point out, but it bears repeating because it's, it was so branded on my spirit when mm-hmm. you said it that when we stand before God, we're not going to offer to him what we accomplished in this life. Right. We're going to bring to him the obedience that he asks of us. Amen. That, Amen. That we're not, I'm not going to bring to him whatever I chose to accomplish. I'm going to bring my obedience to what he asked me to do. Yes. <laughs> See, yes. so that when I stand before God... He's not going to be concerned with whether or not my name was on the was was in lights, or whether my face was on a magazine, or whether I accomplished no. uh, the greatest whatever in the world there was, <laughs> whatever great accomplishments that I try to stack for myself. That said, oh, that was wonderful. Now, it's, if it's a good, purposeful accomplishment, there's nothing wrong with that. But what we have to understand is that when the Father has asked something of you, we're talking about God's will. Yeah. When the Father has willed a thing, when He has ask something of you. You don't get to then switch up what you bring back to him <laughs> and say, well, you know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that that was cool, God. It's kind of like we <laughs> you know, sometimes we kind of we kind of treat the Lord like our walk with him is a negotiation. Like it's yeah. a it's a contract dispute. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, well, Father, I hear you saying that, but what about what about this number? Will you we, well, we will you accept that? that? Yeah, will you accept that? <laughs> and then the father goes, eh, I don't know. Let's see. What would you do with that? There is no negotiation with God. No. This is not a contract dispute. This is not a, yeah. you know, uh, one of the things in, in, in Romans eleven twenty nine, it says that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Mm-hmm. And whenever we quote that verse of scripture, we tend to lean on the side of the grace aspect of it in that no matter what I've done, no matter how I've fallen, no matter what mistakes I've made, then his gift, his calling on my life will not be rescinded. He still calls me that. He still gifted me and anointed me, even in my human frailty. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's true. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. Yeah. But that record plays on the other side as well. Yes, in sir. that, if his gift and calling is without repentance, that means he doesn't change his mind about what he meant for you to do. <laughs> In other words, when you stand before him, there isn't going to be any kind of uh, negotiation going on. The Lord, I, you know, but I, you just don't understand. I was kind of, you know, but nope, 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 yeah, nope. You don't get to barter and trade. What, no. What's acceptable. No, no, no. Just like with those talents, you know, you, I gave you one talent. You went and dug in the ground, hid it, mm-hmm. didn't want to do anything with it. You were slowful and wicked about it. That servant was. 
And the Bible says that the master tossed him in the outer darkness. <laughs> he was like, this ain't no negotiation. I intended for you to take that talent and do something with it. In other words, it's without repentance. The father's not changing his mind in that, yes, he is forever married and dedicated to your development and to love you and to forgive you when you repent and to pick you up when you fall. And it's without repentance, but that also means it's without repentance. He's not changing his mind about it. So you can stumble and bumble for the rest of your life, but he's not going to change. He's not going to change about that. He's going to expect for you to step into his will for your life. Because he says, you know, if you love me, keep my commandments, right? So the Mm -hmm. greatest um, display of love that we can give our Savior is our obedience, our willingness to say, Mm -hmm. well, I have an agenda. I have some things that I really think would be great, Mm -hmm. but here's what Jesus told me to do. And because he is my Lord, because I do defer to his guidance, his leadership, um, then I'm going to do exactly what he told me to do. And we talked about this the other day, that it's not about perfection. It's not about that every time that I step out to do something that I feel like he's led me or told me to do, that I'm going to just knock it out the park. Um, But skill comes from practice. Skill comes from actually putting my hand to the plow and doing what he told me to do. And as I do more is given, right? More, more, no more insight, more light, more understanding, no um, more courage. All of those things are added besides as I do what he's told me to do. So I, I just think for, for us, rather than focusing on what is it, right? Because we can think of what am I yeah. supposed to do? Then the what is, I'm just going to be obedient about the last thing he told me to do. Mm. And if I can practice that obedience, pretty soon I'm going to get really adept at what his voice is, what what that sounds like when he speaks yes. to me, right? When the word of God is illuminated to me in my own private devotional, things come alive and I'm like, oh, that makes sense now. I get it now. Yeah. But those things have to be, they have to be practiced. They can't just be put on. And you know, here's the thing about the will of God too that, that has to be understood. When, when God led Israel out of Egyptian bondage, and I believe this is Deuteronomy 8 and 2, I think it's 8 and 2, Scripture talks about how he led them into the wilderness to prove them, to mm-hmm. see what was in their heart, mm-hmm. whether they would do his word or not. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we don't, people don't teach a lot because we, we teach grace, and of course we're under grace, uh, without mistake, but we teach sometimes to the point where we we go so top-heavy on it, we leave out very important aspects of obedience to God's will Mm -hmm. that are demonstrated in every, just about in every life, period. Uh, And that is, you're going to get proven. He's going to prove you. In, In other words, it's not that he leads you into temptation. He doesn't lead you into sickness. He doesn't lead you into poverty. Mm -hmm. God doesn't oppress you or beat you up or 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 cripple something, a child. or He doesn't take you through trauma to prove you. That's not the Father's will nor the Father's heart. No, he does what it says he did. He he proved them to see what was in their heart. Hmm. His proving is all about motive. His proving is all about what's in us. Right. Absolutely. To see whether or not our motives line up with his. Absolutely. And he'll prove you. So he'll call you to do something and you step out to do that something and nothing will happen. <laughs> and you uh, thought that was going to be it. too. And, and you, <laughs> yeah. And so you're I like, did it because I thought that I was going to really I did, be something. I did that, God. And you're, you're like, I was obedient. I was obedient. And, and you and you're <laughs> like and you're thinking that obedience was supposed to get you something. 
And he'll ask you to do some things that may not gain traction, may not gain immediate notoriety, may not blast or take off, may not blow up, as the culture says, may not do. He will lead you to do things that seemingly have no audience when he tells you to do them. Hmm. But they're not because he's leading you into the wilderness. That's not it. He's proving you. Are you doing this because I ask you? Hmm. You see, because we come to God, we don't like talking about this. Oh, my goodness, but we need to. We come to God loaded with a whole lot of ambition. Yes, we do. And wants and wishes and carnal dreams and and, and, uh, imaginations of our grandeur. (laughs) No doubt. We we got all these dreams of personal greatness, personal aggrandizement, personal achievement. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. They're going to know my name before I'm gone. And we come to the Father. We come to God's will with a desire to be known. Mm -hmm. Well, now, wait a minute. If it's his will, I'm trying to make him known. This is why Paul said when, when in the fullness of time in Galatians 1, when the father chose to reveal his son in me, hmm. right? Now, he said, I was separated from my mother's womb to do this, but that ain't where we pick up Paul's story. Paul is no. terrorizing the church. He's killing Christians. He's dragging out men, women, and children. He's doing, he's doing the most in an evil way. Hmm. That's not how we pick him up. But yet in Galatians, he says, I was chosen from my mother's womb. Hmm. So somewhere along the way, he, it was revealed to him that this was his calling, yeah. right? That this is what he was supposed to do. And he said, the father wanted to reveal his son in me. And that is the essence of all purpose. Mm-hmm. That is the essence of all God's will. But then Paul, I think, takes that a little step further in mm-hmm. Philippians when he's talking about all those things that he's counted yes. young, right? That he's that he's given away and said, I, this stuff is nothing yeah. for the excellency that I know of Christ, yeah. I, you know, to know him, yeah. to really know him. And yeah. so that's that really is the trade-off for all of us, right? Absolutely. That we trade off those personal ambitions and those wants just to know him mm. and be satisfied in the knowing, Man. right? Because there's so much more beyond this temporal, you know, wishy-washy yeah. stuff that we get involved oh, in. Absolutely. Here. And, and here's the thing. God's will is not going to be restrictive. It's no. not going to be a demeaning. It's not going to be Never. demoralizing. God doesn't lead down. God doesn't lead uh, under. He doesn't lead back. He leads up. His steps are going to be up. It's going to be an increase you're going to experience. He's not going to take you into worse. He didn't take Hmm. anybody that met him into worse. They went into greater. They went into more. So he's going to lead into more, but he's not going to lead into our personal aggrandizement. He's not going to lead into us becoming something uh, that we can be proud of, you know what I mean. <laughs> that's, we can be proud of. That, that's that's yeah. not the point. And right. I'm and I'm telling you, it 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 troubles me because we're in an age of ambitious pursuit, self exaltation. No we doubt. we even have a cultural mantra that tells you to do you, mm-hmm. live your truth, as if those things like as if truth were under our ownership, like like we define it. Um, <laughs> there is a lot of self centered uh, philosophies, no doubt. a lot of yes, self-centered sir. narratives Absolutely. that kind of power our behavior in these, this age. But when we stand before him, it'll be what you did with what he told you to do. Amen. And there will be no hedging on that. And it's a beautiful plan. But the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, with, with God, and this is one of the things that frustrates us. He proves you to see what's in your heart. Mm-hmm. He, he, he checks your heart all the time so that you can learn how to depend on him and trust him and lean on him and not your own understanding and not your own strength and ability. Right. So, he, so he leads you by a way that you have to learn trust. Mm-hmm. That's what the whole thing is about, learning trust. <laughs> that's, what that, that's what the whole thing Especially is Especially when it gets really quiet. Because yeah. you'll get to a place in your walk mm-hmm. with God where things will get eerily quiet and you'll be like, what just happened? Because things are like popping <laughs> off one after the, the other. Button. Yeah, and you get to a place of maturity where I think you really, like you're saying, um, proving you, right? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, that, that. that's that's absolutely it, though. He, he, he will take you through things. He'll walk you out, lead you by his spirit. Like I say, not in the trauma or tragedy, no. but that's what the devil does. So he'll bring the trauma, the tragedy, and the opposition because you've chosen to walk out God's will. He don't want you in God's will. At all. Because he knows what <laughs> the end game is going to be when you start walking in God's will for your life. He loses hold on you. Yeah. He loses all power against you. So he yeah. tries to oppose you with all kinds of stuff. But the Father is checking your heart. He's checking your, your, what's in your heart, what's in, what's your, what your motives are, and he's teaching you trust. And as you go, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. So when you move at the pace of God, hmm. it never matches your ambition. Yeah. And this is why you have to be very you have to be very mature. You have to understand how to control your emotions and your thought life. Because when you move at the pace of ambition, it's really an unsustainable pace. Oh, because you because sure. you've gotta you you've gotta you, you've gotta you know that there's always this constant attempt to to achieve I got to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and I got to keep up with the with the culture and the culture shifted here and now I've got to innovate and I've got to do this and you're constantly going and going and now there's a measure of that that's involved in any life mm-hmm. but but you know the difference between just adjusting because the times have changed to make sure that I can still do what I'm doing versus ambition right that that drive to to be known to be famous to be something and and as you do that, it sets a really unsustainable pace. I, I liken it to trying to run the sixteen hundred meters. You know, that's four times around with a one hundred meter pace. Hmm. You're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it. See, and that's what ambition does. And that's why people burn up and they burn out quickly. That's why there's all types of casualties as a result of that type of ambition. Oh, my God, from the loss of not only marriage and relationship and love, they lose money, sometimes even lose their lives ultimately before time because that ambition sets an unsustainable pace. And the pace of grace is the steps of the Lord. Ambition wants to get in the elevator. <laughs> Ding! <laughs> you know what I'm ambition is Trying like, get there. put me in the Vader, brother. I'm trying to get, get where it. I'm trying to go. But his are steps because he's teaching and training and straining the impurities out of your heart the Amen. whole time. Oh, the whole time. Yes. He is working on that heart of yours, yeah. that motive of yours, that commitment of yours the whole time. So it's steps of the Lord. And so you have to become okay with moving at the pace of his grace and not the pace of personal ambition because it will get you out of God's plan for your life. That's ultimately going to be a blessing to you. You know, you saying that reminds me of a word that Amy Simple McPherson had given about God using these graduated sieves that he's, Mm. you know, using to really just get out the dross, right? Get out all the impurities and how many people, you know, fall off 
as he graduates that sieve and it gets finer and finer and mm. finer and finer. Yeah. And that's really what happens to a lot of us, right? That we can we can stand a certain amount of proving and then it's sort of like, oh, this is too much for me. I'm tired. I don't want to yeah. do this anymore, right? Oh, no so doubt. I'm going to just, no you know, doubt. I'm going to take a detour. I'm going to get on the fast track. I'm like you said, mm-hmm. where's that elevator head and top floor? Count me in. <laughs> Count I'm going. Me in. I'm going. Um, as opposed to <laughs> us right. staying with the Lord and saying, I'm just going to walk this out. And I know that his plan for me is good. So I can trust him, right? So that's why it gets tighter. It might get a little quieter. I have to do different things. I might have to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and pray. Yeah. I might get a leading from the Holy Ghost and he's waiting to see if I'm actually just going to follow. Yes. Or if I'm going to say, well, no I'm a doubt. little tired. I got to get up at five, you know, or I'm going to no say, Lord, I want to meet you where, wherever and however and whenever you want to meet me. I want to no be doubt. there. And, that, and that's the thing. Because he moves at his own pace, and it's the pace of grace and the pace that's best for you. Absolutely. Whether we like it or Whether not, it's the like pace it that's best for us. <laughs> <laughs> because he know us better than we know us. Say that. So at the pace of his grace, he begins to lead us and guide us into his plan and his will for our lives. And during these times of proving in the heart, like you said, testing our pride, testing our ability to serve, mm-hmm. our ability to, to actually be accountable yeah. to, and he just starts working on our hearts so that we look like him. How about just sticking where we land, right? Where he's exactly. placed us, just being, just faithful, being still. Being yeah. rooted and faithful. Yeah. Because see, ultimately, one of the parts of his will, there's always a dual, a dual work in the will of God. He's, he's moving you toward what he wants you to do, but he's also moving you toward who he wants you to be. Amen. There's the doing and the being. The being is to be more like Jesus. Absolutely. The being is to be conformed to the image of the Son. So while he's moving you toward what he has for you to do and accomplish in life for his kingdom, he's also progressing this being mm-hmm. so, that, so that you're looking more like Jesus. And so in the process of doing these things, a lot of times, like you said, through these different iterations of pruning, <laughs> yeah. right, we get uncomfortable. Yeah. We don't like it. And so we jump ship. And people people go off the path and they find a path that's more conducive for them. Mm-hmm. Because it was too much pressure in that will of God thing. You know, in the will of God, it was too much pressure on the flesh. It was too much pressure on the mind. It was too much pressure on my 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 uh my personal dreams and goals and what I wanted to do. And so it's it's much like Brother Hagin says that, that that God had ministered to him in that vision that he gave, and when he taught him about the authority of the believer and and the world of the spirit, in that Satan comes along and he says, you know, you could have been something if you would just, <laughs> you know, like he spoke to that woman. The enemy spoke to that woman and said, you could have really been something you in the really world. Been something. You know, you've been cheated in life. Hmm. And so Satan always comes with this message that you're being cheated because you're walking out the plan of God. But also, Same thing he did to Eve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. No, go ahead, go ahead. But I was going to say also that he, he works to this idea for us that we are always going to hedge to the doing, right? Not the being. Mm. The being is tough. Oh, that's the good. The being is hard, <laughs> but the yes, doing is easy. So I yes. can get out there and I can be gifted that's and good. I can do what I need to do and I can run at a fast pace. And everybody's like, whoa, wow, you know, look at this person. They're so awesome. But the being, when I get home by myself and the, the being, being that's, the that's the thing. And really the being is the most important thing because mm. the reason Christ could carry the anointing that he carried was because of who he be. We be. <laughs> it, wasn't we be. The, it wasn't the doing, it, the anointing. Uh-huh. 
thing that broke yokes off of people's lives rested yes. on him in such a miraculous and supernatural capacity mm-hmm. because of who he be. Yeah. Not and about he be what like he was his father. doing. There you go. Exactly. And I only did what I saw my Absolutely. father do. I only said what I Absolutely. see or hear my father say. And and it's in that being and embracing the being aspect of purpose. Like we preach a lot about this and we never we never take it to the word of God, really. We kind of preach a very commercialized idea of purpose because it's all about what you're going to do no doubt. or what you're going to be compensated once you do what you do at a, at a high level or above average and so forth. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm all for gifts. I'm all for graces and I'm all for talents and all those things because I believe they come from God. Yeah. But we have to balance these things out or it sends people off of God's path for their life. Mm-hmm. And they get out in an area where they're, they're really on, they're in a gray area of life. They're not quite. <laughs> they're not quite. They're out of the will of God, but they're not quite. They're not doing anything so much evil or wrong. It's no. just that we start to create and reinvent things because, yes. man, it was too much pressure on the being aspect. Yeah. I had to learn too much, yeah. and we end up like Jonah. We 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 don't want to go to Nineveh. We're going to Tarshish, and we're gonna <laughs> hang out there and we're gonna <laughs> chill out. And I'm going to do something else with my time in my life because mm-hmm. the, what you're asking me to do is going to require too much uh, self-demotion. Yeah. It's going to cause me. And, and that's one of the things Jonah had a problem with. Jonah right. was like, you know, I know what's going to happen when I go cry out to Nineveh. I know the type of God you are. And it, it happened anyway. <laughs> that's exactly what God did. Yeah. But we have to do the will of God because it's the only place of real protection. Because you end up like Jonah, and it was an act of grace that Jonah gets swallowed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could have died, mm-hmm. but he, he was swallowed and preserved. And it didn't take him but a second to say, oh, I know what this is all about. <laughs> he came to himself, he, didn't he? Boy, he came, he came to, himself to himself quickly. I am out of the plan of God for my life. Let me get in it and let me get moving. Absolutely. And so I, I just, I mean, man, I'm, it is in my heart. It is so deeply rooted in my heart. Because the times in which we are living in require us to really become sincere about our pursuit of his will and about our agreement with his will for our lives. Because we're not going to be, like I said, we're not going to be able to offer to him what we want. We're not going to be able to do what we want and then say, God, will you co-sign that and be okay with it? No, he has a will. And if the Father has a will, then it's what he wants. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just feel as though this is an important and relevant message for the whole body of Christ because I believe God, in the midst of what looks like the worst scramble in the world, I mean, we're in a mess in so many, if you look at it in the natural, we're in a mess in so many different ways. But I believe in the midst of all of this upheaval is a God who is at work putting his children in his in the place he has for them setting us as it pleases him because truthfully we move out of those places and we choose to go our own way and we choose to do our own thing and go astray and do kind of what we want to do and what we feel like we can do um and so we have to get back in the wheel get back in the pace of grace get back in the pace of his plan for your life and not that ambitious thing and not that not that that thing where you're just thinking about doing and you're not thinking about the whole developmental aspect of who you are in mm-hmm. Christ. Because ultimately, and this is the thing I like to say, we're all headed the same place. Yes. Everybody Everybody. Is. Everybody's headed the same location. Mm. 
<laughs> and that is before his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the whole kit and caboodle, all of us. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we'd better make sure that when we get there, I'm not living something that I, I think I'm so dope. But then the, the God is like, uh, son, I don't know what you were doing. It, <laughs> thou thinkest thou art a humdinger. <laughs> but you are not a humdinger. <laughs> you're just a dinger. A dinger. <laughs> you're, just, you're, just, you're just making it. And he looks at us, and we have, we've just fallen short of it. And out of his love and his grace and his mercy, nobody's saying your salvation is going to be lost. Yeah. But what we're saying is, is that out of his grace and mercy... He has to look at us, and it's not well done, good and faithful servant, you know, because you did the thing I asked you to do. You worked the work I had for you to work. It's it's come in, but you still got a lot to learn. Oh, absolutely. I think we'll be surprised. I think if you go through the scriptures, especially if you go to Paul's letters, Philippians, Colossians, Ephesians, always in the beginning when he talks about whatever he's prayed for them, it has something to do with knowledge and wisdom and spiritual understanding each time yeah. because he's trying to get all of us to understand that at the end of the day, it's what we learn of him. We learn it, but then we have to accept it and say, okay, I agree with this. I'm going to, I'm going to do it the way that he has, has uh, decided and, and, and put forth. Mm. And then our life takes on a life like Christ. We begin to live like the son of God lived because I'm a, I'm a son of God also. So I follow Christ and say, okay, that's what he did. He learned of God. He said, I'm going to do it. I only do, like you said, what I hear the father say. I only do what I see him do. And so our life should pattern that, that same approach. Mm. And oftentimes we're so busy though, patterning our lives over, you know, after everyone else, because we love to compare ourselves with ourselves. And like second Corinthians says, it's just, it's not wise to do that. No, it's not wise at all. It's, it doesn't allow you to live accurate. No, you know, as the scripture says here, when you go back to Ephesians five, the opening verse I used was talking about living circumspectly. Now, that's a big word we don't even use anymore for us in our everyday vernacular, but it just means to be accurate. It means to be exact. Yeah. It means that I'm living on point. It means that I'm living on aim with what God has for me to do. And when you're comparing yourself with other people, you are never going to be on target with what God has for you to do. Ever. ever. I, ever. I mean, ever, never. <laughs> you are going to always be somewhere other than where you should be when you compare yourself to other people. It is the ultimate goal of Satan to do so. Because when you look at that verse of Scripture, when he's writing to the church at Corinth about that, it is the measuring themselves among themselves are not wise. It is the Greek word synchrino, mm-hmm. from which we get our modern-day word to sync or synchronize. Mm-hmm. You come together. Because when we start comparing ourselves with each other, generally... We start sinking ourselves with what we compare ourselves to. Oh, absolutely. You know, we start walking in lockstep with everything we're kind of measuring ourselves to and by. And so you're never going to be walking in the plan and purpose of God. And anybody, anybody worth their salt that's really walking with God, if you begin to look at them as a role model, they're going to tell you, follow me so long as I follow Christ, <laughs> but you that. make sure you put a big emphasis on the Christ. Yes, sir. <laughs> Anybody with the salt is going to tell you, look, yes, there is sir. a limit in following any human being, 
any. And there are, there are people with great principles, and they're great they're inspirational. They're very good role models. They're wonderful people. But there's always a limit there. When it, There's always a human limitation. Oh, so you have to make sure it's Christ and Christ first, yeah. and that you're following him and what he has for you to do. Because I'm telling you, that is when you're going to be the most fulfilled, the most satisfied, the most successful that's when life is going to really make sense. Life does not make sense until you accept the will of God for yours. Hmm. That's when everything rounds into shape. And so you have to move through the proving. You got to stay faithful through the pruning. You got to stay faithful through the leading you from one step to the next, because as you're obedient on one step, he then reveals to you the next. He doesn't shine the light down the whole staircase. (laughs) No, he says, I'm going to give you enough light for the step. Take the step and I'll keep walking by faith with you up the step. And that's the beautiful thing about it. The steps of the Lord are inclined. Once again, you're going to go up. Your life's not going to be down. That's guaranteed. It's it's guaranteed. It's, it's guaranteed. Yeah. But you're going to have to learn how to walk through the proving and check your motives in your heart and not jump out of the path and not jump off the walk mm-hmm. before you see the full fruition of what God has called you to be and do and, and, who, and, and, and what he has for you. And so we just wanted to come on for this podcast and really encourage the believers, encourage the saints with this word because... I believe would be on the shadow of a doubt, and I believe this prophetically. I believe this is something the Spirit is emphasizing now, in this time. God's will for your life, moving out of the, out of the peripheral, getting off the fringe of, of just kind of sort of being halfway in, halfway out, halfway committed. Hmm. One day you, you love Jesus, and the next day you don't know. You don't know what you want to do. It's time to move into him with everything you have. Because his plan for your life is better than anything you can dream up, conjure up, plan, decide. His plan is good. And you are going to be blessed by walking it out. Trust him. Trust God that his plan for you is not bad. It's to give you an expected end. You, we, we quote the verse all the time. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. <laughs> Is that what we do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we, we love it. And we'll quote that verse and then we'll go off and we'll disobey as though his thoughts toward us are in some kind of way bad. <laughs> like we can't trust him. No, you can trust him. You can trust him all the way out. But you got to make a decision. Amen. You make a, you got to make a decision that you're going to deal with self. You're going to deal with your heart and your motives, and you're going to allow God to move you and progress you in his plan for your life. Because I'm telling you, you will not be ashamed or disappointed if you obey God all the way to the end. Amen. Amen. Well, baby, if you got anything else to say. Uh, no, I just, uh, let I'm, me piggyback off that just by saying yeah. that as we, as we get ourselves, our personal lives, consecration, devotion, commitment to Jesus together, uh, we'll be amazed at what happens in our local churches, mm. honestly. So much of the disconnect in power that we're always like, I don't know, the church is just not the same. A lot of that is You put your pastor hat on just then. The people aren't the same. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, baby. People, I'm messing with you. People aren't seeking Jesus on their own merit and of their own yeah. um, want. 
And so as we decide mm-hmm. to follow Christ, it's going to be amazing that when we all come together as a body, what God is able then to do and perform because people are, are where they're supposed to be. People can hear, people can follow. Mm. I mean, it, it's, it's unity. It's, it's the bond of love that allows the glory of God to come into the, to the no church doubt. and do what he wants to do. So um, the world is waiting on us. It's not waiting on any pastor or leader or whatever. It's each and every one of us as individuals. So Man, that's so good and it's so true. Thank you. Thank you. So, so, no, it's right. No, that's absolutely. <laughs> but you did put your pastor hat on. I didn't though. put a pastor was like, hat on. I don't I'm, even know I'm where a, that hat is. I'm going to be pastor before I get off this I podcast. I don't even know where that hat is. I'm going to talk about the local church. But no, it's absolutely true. It is absolutely true because that is also an emphasis of God's in this hour, and that is the building of his church. Amen. Uh, beyond the shadow of all doubt. And there's been a lot that's going on, but this ain't how we going to be. He is going yeah. to, he's coming back for a glorious church yes, he is. and it's going to look like him, walk like him, talk like him and be like him. I don't, I don't know how many people going to choose to be in that, <laughs> but whatever company it is, it's going to be a glorious thing. Yes, it is. God bless you guys. We thank you so much once again for taking the time out of your day on this Friday to join us. Like I said, share this podcast with someone you believe could stand to be blessed and enlightened by something that was said, something that you heard. Always be a sharer of the word of God. That's one of the ways in which we evangelize and we share because you never know, especially now with the digital medium, you never know who will come across these episodes and when. They could come across these episodes one night late and at a time in their life when they're at their lowest. And this could be the very word they needed to hear. So help us spread the word of God for for those that need it. We thank you once again. Let's know about Rumble. We're on Rumble. Rumble now. You let them know. I, you know I'm not that good with. No, all of we're that. just on another platform now, so we're streaming to Rumble with the uh, with the one word podcast and posting various yeah. things from Christ Nations Church. So it's the same handle as YouTube. Um, it's the same handle on Rumble. Yeah, that's Rumble. That's YouTube. Facebook will eventually be on Instagram and because you know YouTube and the else. like are deplatforming people. So you kind of have to you know you got to hedge your bets because you never know you might get up here and say something and then the light goes. They don't down. like Boom! it. They're, you they know, don't like you're it. You're done. You're hey. done. But we're gonna preach it no matter what because people need the word of God. I'm telling you, and that is the call of God on my life. Feed my sheep, and uh, I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna do it faithfully because that's what He has asked of me to do. And I pray that you do the same in your life. God bless you all. Thank you so much. And until next Friday, be blessed. <laughs>